Thank you. Well, I'm about to get upset from watching my TV and checking out the news until my eyeballs fail to see. I mean, to say that every day is just another rotten mess. When it's going to change, my friend, is anybody's guess. But I'm watching and I'm waiting. I'm hoping for the best. Even think I'll go to praying every time I hear him saying that there's no way to delay that trouble coming every day. No way to delay that trouble coming every day. Those lyrics from Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention go through my head quite often. Though that song was written almost 60 years ago, well before the 24-hour news cycle, it still sort of feels relevant, yeah? Trouble coming every day. And how can we best respond, how do we respond to the ongoing barrage of trouble, serious trouble, urgent, ongoing trouble, life-shattering trouble. Things that, in the words of Reverend Douglas Taylor in Peggy's reading, things that are in direct opposition to our values, that diminish our common humanity, that threaten to tempt us to despair. We are called to speak out, to challenge the hate and violence, to make a difference, We are called, in other words, to resist. And yet, writes Taylor, and yet, sometimes, it is overwhelming. Overwhelming. We almost need a new word for that, right? Overwhelming has become the norm. And now we need a word to describe anything that rises above that consistent level of overwhelm in which we are all swimming daily. Can I even... Fully take in, just for one example. Can I even fully grasp the number of mass shootings that have occurred in this country just this year? The number is greater than the number of days in the year thus far. More mass shootings than there have been days in the year, around 40 more. I cannot keep track of the cities. The locations all begin to blur. A bank, a dance studio, a winery, a school, another school, another school, another school, another. I have stopped speaking the names of those who have died in worship. When did I stop? Why did I stop? Overwhelming. One after another after another with no significant change, not even a glimmer of a hope of change, just more sadness and heartbreak and shooter drills and fear and bodies, people filling urns and coffins while blood-soaked money fills campaign coffers. Trouble coming every day. The heartbreaking, soul-crushing sadness of unnecessary death kind of trouble. Trouble, oh, trouble set me free. I have seen your face and it's too much, too much for me. Trouble, oh, trouble, can't you see? You're eating my heart away and there's nothing much left of me. Lyrics, 
again, Cat Stevens, once more, dating back to my childhood. This was from 1970. I returned to the music, to lyrics, because they helped me to stay in touch with the feeling of being overwhelmed. I need to acknowledge that I'm overwhelmed. I need to express it, if only to myself. I need to feel it. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel disheartened about the trouble coming every day. It's okay to take a break from the work, to pause, to care for ourselves. We do this not in spite of the fact that we need to speak out to challenge the hate and violence, to make a difference, to resist. Rather, we do this because we need to speak out to challenge the hate and violence, to make a difference, to resist. We do this because we are joining struggles that began well before our time and that will last long after we have died. We do this because resting allows us to engage the work as full human being. It is the first of Reverend Taylor's suggestions for addressing resistance fatigue. If you want to stay engaged, you need to occasionally back away. But it is a two-part process. Take a break as you need to, and don't give up. The rabbinic teaching says it is not your responsibility to finish the work, but neither are you free to desist from it. Take a break so you can stay engaged for the long haul, he says. And I believe it's important to take a break because when I am overwhelmed, it is tempting to skip past feeling what I'm feeling. It is tempting to shift into automatic. It is tempting to just keep moving, to just stay busy. But if I bury it, if I bury what I am feeling, it doesn't magically disappear Know that feeling of being overwhelmed that I am stuffing down within myself is still there, but it is transformed into either apathy or despair. The certainty that I cannot help to affect the changes that are needed, so why try? Or the certainty that the world cannot be changed no matter what I do, so why try? Neither of these certainties serve the world. In fact, very few certainties of any kind serve the world. The fact that we don't know what will happen in the future is a gift. Rebecca Solnit writes that all too often we transform the future's unknowability into something certain, the fulfillment of all our dread, the place beyond which there is no way forward, But again and again, far stranger things happen than the end of the world. I love that. Again and again, far stranger things happen than the end of the world. Anything could happen, she writes, and whether we act or not has everything to do with it. It's okay to acknowledge that we are overwhelmed by what is happening around us. The fact that we can still feel overwhelmed means that we haven't normalized what should not be normalized. 
we remain what Martin Luther King Jr. would call creatively maladjusted. There are some things in our society, some things in our world to which we should never be adjusted, King said in a keynote speech to the annual conference of the American Psychological Association in 1967. There are things which we are called to resist, but to persist in that resistance, I must be able to rest. If I want to stay engaged, I must occasionally back away. Rest is part of resistance. It can protect me from the tempting escapes of apathy and despair. I want to stay open to possibility. Choosing hope will be hard to bear, as the poet Boris Novak tells us, but hope is what we choose here together. For I am open and I am willing. For to be hopeless would feel so strange, it dishonors those who go before us. So lift me up to the light of change. Music. Again, lyrics by Holly Near. We choose hope, and the hope I carry needs to be about something more, wider, deeper, stronger than winning against the people who represent the other side. I am not naive. (laughs) I try not to be. There are people carrying out evil people who I have a responsibility to oppose, plans and actions that I have a responsibility to resist. But if it is only a battle for me, then I begin to understand how the words of Carl Jung may apply. What one resists persists. I honestly... To borrow Reverend Taylor's metaphor of treating news like food, I overeat. I can strive to moderate my intake, but more importantly, I can practice his admonition to be aware of the impact news has on you. Watching the news can inspire that battle mentality within me, and I can begin to see winning as an end in itself. If I am only out to beat the other side into submission, I am perpetuating the problems that I am fighting against. We see this happen in politics all the time on a national and international level. Yes, we're using the same tactics as the enemy, but it's different when we do it because we're the good guys. When I think only about winning, defeating the other side, I can indulge in anger, bitterness, even, yes, hatred. It's easy to go there. And it's easy also to become exhausted in what feels like an unending fight against injustice if there is nothing greater that is calling me forth. With so much happening and so many cries for support and attention, Reverend Taylor writes, good people can feel overwhelmed as we watch the abnormal slowly become normal. The very word resistance can sometimes inspire fatigue for me all by itself. It conjures for me the feeling of tensing up 
planting my feet, straining against. I need to remember that I am also leaning towards something new, something restorative, something life-giving rather than soul-draining toward collective liberation, toward radical inclusion, toward a world that holds more love, more justice, more hope. Our resistance is only part of the story. Sometimes people march. They march to resist injustice. And they march for things they care about and people they love. When King called for creative maladjustment where people refused to normalize inequality and work continuously to expose injustice, he also said we do this so that we may be able to emerge from the bleak and desolate midnight of inhumanity into the bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. That bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. Morning so fair to see. Morning has broken. Here comes the sun. I can see clearly now. Songs come to mind, lyrics that help me stay in touch with all I am feeling. Sometimes people march. It isn't always easy. Sometimes feet get tired, arms get tired, heart and hopes get tired. Sometimes problems seem too big or complex, but we do not march alone. And we do not give up. We encourage one another. We take care of one another and of ourselves. We are persistent in our resistance as we make our way toward that bright and glittering daybreak. And often as we march, we sing. Really, how can we keep from singing? So please rise in body or spirit and join in singing number 108, My Life Flows On in Endless Song, in our gray hymnal, or you may follow the words.